0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Pittsburgh Steelers are in desperate need of a bounce-back performance again after their loss to the Las Vegas Raiders last week, dropping them to 1-1, one and one, a game that the Steelers were nearly a touchdown favorite to win. They end up dropping to Derek Carr and 2-0 Raiders. Usually, when the Cincinnati Bengals come to town, that is one you circle and say, oh yeah. That's a get right game, but Jacob. I
1: don't know, Tom.
0: Things are a little sketchy this year when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. He is Jacob Recht. I am Tom Offerman, and this is the Steelers' standard. Cincinnati comes to town with a one and one record. Every team in the AFC North is at even ground at one and one right now. Uh, Interesting little factoid the Steelers are the only one whose one loss is at home, everybody else has won a home game. Steelers are the only one to go on the road and get a victory this year as the Ravens, Browns, and Bengals all fell in their first road contest of the 2021 season. But that's really not that important. Just a little fun fact I saw. scrolling the old phone during my morning Tuesday. But (laughs) I digress. The Bengals are a lot scarier this year than than you really thought they were going to be. Even in, in the preseason, I think, you thought that this team might be having a regression year. You heard a lot of rumors about Joe Burrow isn't looking that great coming off of a devastating ACL injury. The whole Jamar Chase, I can't catch the ball. The white stripes in college football make it easier for me to see. The ball's a little bigger in the NFL. So you're coming in and you're thinking, you know, I kind of thought the Bengals might win six or seven games, but after hearing all these talk, I'm thinking they're a three- or four-win team again. Then they beat the Vikings in week one at home. Jamar Chase has a great game, catches a touchdown there. Joe Burrow was like 17 for 19 to start the game. Then they go to Chicago, and they don't play their best game, but they show some fight. Joe Burrow throws three straight interceptions, but then follows that up by throwing two touchdowns on back-to-back drives, Mm -hmm. brings the Bengals right back into that football game. Jamar Chase catches one of those touchdowns, so he's got two touchdowns in two games so far in the NFL. So... All those training camp storylines seems like you can throw them in the trash when it comes to their offense. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow looks like he's good. Uh, obviously, he's going to have some mental stuff he's got to work through as he he rehabilitates his mind and th- uh, to trust that knee again. But the receiving trio looks great, led by Jamar Chase, their top five draft pick this year, and their running back looks extremely strong. Leads the or second in the second. league in rushing behind Derrick there. Henry.
1: There's there's a king in first yeah, place. Yeah, but.
0: Joe Mixon's 196 yards through two games is very impressive as well. So everywhere you look on this offense, there's danger.
1: There is, and we were saying in the preseason it was almost a blessing in disguise that the Steelers were the team in the AFC North to drop a game to the Bengals last year in 2020. That way they would be put on alert in 2021. They wouldn't catch that upset, and it would be either Cleveland or Baltimore, if not both. To be to have maybe one upset against the Bengals and and kind of uh, lessen their AFC North record, which would lessen their chance of getting a higher seed in the playoffs. Now you're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals at home in Pittsburgh as a uh-oh. Even though we lost to them last year, there's no way we lose to them two years in a row. That could happen, Tom. This is. This is probably the least confident I've been going into a Bengals week in, I would say, five years or so. Because even last year, the Monday Night Football game I in was Cincinnati, super yeah. even though that was at the tail end of the season when the Steelers were struggling, that was Monday Night Football, Ben Roethlisberger on the road in Cincinnati, Tomlin on the road in Cincinnati. That's some. That's a game that they do not lose, or, or it's shown in the last five, six, seven years that they do not lose. And that's not what happened so i was extremely confident going into that game even though they lost this time around i am lacking that confidence for
0: certain yeah when they lost that game last year we all were sitting in the studios going what in the hell happened but if they lose this game on sunday we'll be like we know what the hell happened because we kind of felt like we this saw was this coming. coming yeah this is a completely different story let's start with joey b joey burrow the man that makes it all happen uh Bengals finally Look like they have their franchise quarterback, or at least for the first time in a long time, they have the potential of a franchise quarterback. Uh, Carson Palmer, probably the last one that comes to mind that showed this potential. Kimo von Olhoffen really derailed that career, uh, but I think Joey Burrow still throws more potential than Andy Carson Dalton Palmer. Did. Doesn't
1: tickle your fancy I'd put at all. Palmer
0: in front of Dalton. Oh, so do I. They but definitely I can't, you can't put, the they Dalton. definitely put their stock in Dalton's basket. You can't
1: ignore the Dalton years. I mean, he took him to the playoffs. Four out of he five did. years, five out of six years, he did. They lost all of those games. Here's but.
0: my argument, though. With Palmer, the identity was Carson Palmer, Chad Ochocinco, T.J. Hushmanzada, Chris mm-hmm. Perry. That offense was really good. Larry Johnson. Yeah, really good offense. With Dalton, what do you think of? You think AJ of AJ Green? That's it. Really? Yeah. See, I think of perfect, and I think of the defense, and I think that was a nasty. Well, well
1: team. when you're saying Andy Dalton, I was. Going to the offense. That's why.
0: But my point is. But that yeah,
1: you're thinking Vontez Burford, you're thinking I, Pac-Man, Jones, that Kirk Patrick that
0: Marvin Lewis yeah. era identity was a defensive identity mm-hmm. football team, and they were a nasty team. in a really, they weren't
1: even that good. It was just nasty. They were nasty. A play. throwback.
0: They were throwback defense. Yeah, sure. They played like it was the '80s, like it was the '70s. As much as they could. They weren't clotheslining people like it was the 70s, but they were a nasty, tough team to play against. No,
1: they were just ripping ACLs and quads to no end
0: and, and giving guys concussions. Maybe it was like the 70s then. But now you look at Joe Burrow, and his potential is greater than that of a Carson Palmer, is greater than that of an Andy Dalton, obviously. I mean, this is rare territory for the Bengals because not only do they have the guy in their mind, but the potential is just out of this world for this player. And what's the, the, the biggest detriment to these quarterbacks, these gifted quarterbacks out of college, is that they get to these organizations that just don't know how to build teams. And that's natural because the organizations that stink the most are usually the ones picking in prime position to take mm-hmm. these talented quarterbacks. So you'll see guys who should be really good kind of fall out of graces with the NFL because they just didn't have the team around them. Well, Joe Burrow came in, and he already had Tyler Boyd. He already had Joe Mixon. They got T. Higgins in the same draft class as Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow. And then the next year, they get Jamar Chase. They have, in two years, done a phenomenal job giving him skill position players that 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 he can use for the next 10 years. The only key pieces that are left... Is building that offensive line in front of them They like their tackles a lot They're putting a lot of stock into them But they're young and This whole line is young It's improving slowly But it's still one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL mm-hmm.
1: But right now But they're I, I, on the
0: right track as mm-hmm. far as building that offense around him If they take lineman lineman With their first two picks next year in the draft That's home run for the Bengals as far as I'm concerned That was a big criticism of them this year in the draft
1: Was the fact that Penny Sewell was sitting it right Looks great there. in Detroit was sitting right there, but Jamar Chase... Looks great in Cincinnati. Looks great in Cincinnati. And and people were saying it doesn't matter who's out there catching the ball because Joe Burrow's not going to be able to get the ball to anyone. doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, the offensive line seems to be holding its own for the most part. For the most part.
0: They've given up nine sacks already this year. That's fair. That's a lot. But, I mean, Joe Burrow is still able to air the ball out. Still don't want your quarterback going down nine times in two games after that ACL injury. One thing that Chase and Burrow said after the Bears game that they want to do more of... deeper routes down Mm -hmm. the field pushing the ball down the field more and if I'm Zach Taylor I'm just like yeah I'd love to do that man but I just I can't I can't have Joe stand back there for three seconds so you can run 40 yards down the field it's just not in the cards on most plays we don't have the blocking yet but they at least are on the right track to building this thing up around him and helping Joe Burrow out so this looks like a really strong team on the rise and I mentioned those three receivers that he can throw to It's really a pick-your-poison kind of scenario. Boyd could have a big game. Chase could have a big game. Higgins could have a big game. Higgins has shown up on the injury report for the Bengals uh, as far as not practicing in the past couple of days. Hearing people from Cincinnati talk and hearing some other Steelers media members speculate, Higgins probably does end up playing against the Steelers Sunday. He was able to return in the Bears game after getting injured last Sunday, which is always a good sign. So they might just be holding him out of practice this week as a as a precautionary thing. I, I would probably lean towards seeing Higgins on that field, which means that that, three, that trio of wide receivers is going to be at full strength. And thank God it looks like the Steelers are going to get Hayden back because if Hayden can't go or if they're missing anybody in that secondary, that's almost an even worse prospect against the Bengals than it was against the Raiders.
1: Yeah, it easily could be. I don't... <laughs> It's tough to gauge this offense right now because I really don't know so much about it, especially with Joe Burrow healthy and with Jamar Chase in the lineup as well. We've seen so little of that unit at full strength. And so if T. Higgins is out, even though we expect him to not be, I don't really know if that's going to be that big of a setback for them.
0: No, I think they can definitely make up with just the two guys of Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is a really underrated wide receiver. I think T. Higgins as well, both think, of them. And I think with, what Tyler Boyd brings to the table is that Juju kind of slot guy, that chain mover, but he wants to be that. He knows that. You know what I'm saying? Like he knows. <laughs> that's
1: that's the difference is he, that he's perfectly okay with it. He that.
0: knows what he is. He's a little undersized, but he uses that to his advantage. He's got great hands. He's an athletic freak. And it's one of Joe Burrow, he's one of Joe Burrow's favorite targets. Joe Burrow has targeted him uh, in the past games that he's played, 11 games with Burrow healthy. He's targeted Boyd 6.9 times per game. Uh, if you're a fantasy guy who has a PPR league, Boyd's a, a hell of a pick almost every single week because he's going to get at least six catches. Uh, he's got, I believe, uh, nine or ten catches between the first two games of the year, so he's kind of floating right around that average there. Uh, The scary thing is Boyd has those games where he has, you know, 10 catches for 128 yards and two touchdowns. Hasn't really had that kind of a game yet this year. So you hold your breath that that doesn't happen against the Steelers. But again, you take away Boyd, there's two other guys that can really hurt you and are good enough to hurt you. And the Jamar Chase, that is a number one wide receiver, if I've ever seen one. Uh, already looks like he's ascended. He's the
1: best receiver of that rookie class between him, Devontae Smith,
0: and Jalen Williams. And he's already, I think, the best receiver on his team. I, I think Williams, Really? I wow. Think, I think Williamson said that he thinks it's, it's T. Higgins at this point right now, but I, I think it's Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is going to really push for that rookie of the year because the quarterback's eh, off to an okay start uh, as far as records are concerned. I mean... Jacksonville is going to hold Trevor Lawrence back from winning that award, so I think it's up for grabs. And right man. now the offensive line in Pittsburgh is holding back Najee, Najee Harris, Harris from winning, from winning yep. that award. But Jamar Chase is the front runner right now offensively. He's out to a phenomenal start. When it comes to stopping Jamar Chase, that's got to be Minka again. On a lot of double— uh, the, Minka, Which the, is a the, lot better the, of the a good, Exactly, the good thing about this game Is that the receivers hurt you, not the tight end So mm-hmm. center field should be The spot that Minka's at for the most part in this Yes, game. you don't have to pull Minka up. So close exactly to the line of scrimmage
1: uh, To guard a tight end You can leave him back in the secondary And if Joe Burrow Wants to go deep to Jamar Chase Good luck if Minka's already back there Not leaning up toward the line of scrimmage To guard a tight end
0: The Bengals, like we mentioned, won their week one game in overtime at home against the Minnesota Vikings. They fell by three points to the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field last Sunday. What was the big difference in that game? Well, I think it was their utilization of Joe Mixon. They ran the ball 53% of the time against the Vikings. That's a run-first offense right there. 53% run, 47% pass and it paid dividends, and especially on first down in that game. They ran the ball 60% of the time on their first downs against the Minnesota Vikings. That's a number Vikings. the Swiss fans would love to love see, see attributed to them. That dropped to—they only ran the ball 37% of the time against the Chicago Bears, and I think if you're a good coach, Zach Taylor, you probably look at that and you say, "Well, well, that's where we went wrong there. I mean— We win the game where we're a run-first offense, and we lose the game when we get a little too pass happy. So I think this offense really goes in Joe Burrow's early career as it only goes as well as Joe Mixon's going. And Joe Mixon has had a little track record against the Steelers of having some pretty good performances. And uh, he's had a track record against a lot of teams because he's been a really good running back in his first three seasons in the NFL. A really underrated guy. But I I believe that Joe Mixon is the key to that offense. And if the Steelers are going to have success, they're going to have to have a depleted defensive line stop that run early. Because I got to imagine Taylor's going to look at those numbers and say, we got to at least start this game trying to run the football.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I believe they're now running game coordinator or running back coach has returned to the team after taking some time off with the team. Mm. Uh, and Joe Mixon in his last great career or last great year had that guy available to him so maybe you can contribute this coach uh, to that success but you mentioned the name Zach Taylor I'm mentioning some lower guy in the totem pole Zach Taylor could be what's holding this team back from its its ultimate potential we I just don't think you and I have any confidence in this guy to actually lead this team I think he's an overthinker I think he just he, he, he tries to strategize a little too much and that was kind of on full display against Chicago. If it worked in, in week one, why why try to make any adjustment to it in week two if if you knew that Joe Mixon is gonna have this capability to not only expand your running game, but to expand your offense as a whole. We always talk about the balance between pass and run. And if you're not going to use Joe Mixon, that's going to make life harder for Joe Burrow. And look what happened. Three interceptions, one return for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That uh, We're talking about how a running game can help a veteran quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career. More it really, so it really helps help. a rookie quarter—second-year yeah. quarterback in Joe Burrow. Young quarterback getting his feet underneath him. But if— Joe Burrow has to pass the ball 40, 50 times in this game. I think that plays kind of into the Steelers' hands. You mentioned the three straight interceptions he threw against the Chicago Bears. That's a rarity. Joe Burrow barely throws interceptions. He only had had five interceptions in his entire career leading up to those three straight against the Bears. So he nearly almost matched his career output in three straight passes. So, again, that seems to be the anomaly. That seems to be the outlier. This dude seems to protect the football really well. But what's the best chance for him getting into a turnover? Increase the volume of times he has to throw the ball down the field. So I think stopping Mixon early is huge. And I think getting up in this game early is huge because the Bears got up early against them in Soldier Field. And even though it was only by seven points, you still saw the Bengals flinch a little bit and stop running the ball with Mixon. So... If you could, The dream scenario for Pittsburgh in this game is the Bengals get the ball first. They try to run the ball two straight times with Mixon, and they get stopped for a yard or two yards. And then on third and f- seven, third and six, they stop them and get off the field, go down, score a touchdown at 7 nothing Pittsburgh. Hopefully that gets into Taylor's head. Hopefully it gets into the Bengals' offense's head, and they start to move away from that running game. But if, Mix, if Mixon can go bananas, then I think the Steelers are, are in some serious trouble.
1: Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. If— you allow Joe Mixon to run rampant over you, then you're in trouble in more ways than one. Because a, I think you're going to lose that game. B, your run defense, which you rely on so heavily, is not is no longer going to be your protection, your cushion for your for your offense. I mean, we talk about all the time how your offense can help your defense and your pass offense to help your pass off or your your running offense can help your your running your passing offense, and If you're allowing the Bengals to run all over you that is going to have many effects including your offense having very little limited time to be on the field to get up points when already you don't have the confidence in them to do so and B it's keeping your defense on the field and how many times have we said in the past two or three years dating back to 2019 when it was Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges led offense the defense looks gassed It's a great defense, but you can't expect them to be on the field for 40 minutes in a game and keep up that energy for that entire time. And that's something that you kind of saw against the Vegas Raiders, and that's something you could definitely see against the Bengals if Joe Mixon is able to have a good day.
0: Joe Mixon, the best running back, at least in my mind, the Steelers have faced so far this year with Josh Jacobs, of course, being hurt last week for the Raiders. Yeah, that's fair. He's better than Devin Singletary for the Bills, too. Yeah. So Devin Singletary had a good
1: week this past week, but it's, yeah. no, it's no sign that he's a good running
0: back. If I put all the running backs they played in a hat and said you could pick the one that you think's the best, it's Joe Mixon. Uh, like we said, he's second in the NFL. And that'll National change Rays. the next week when they go up against Aaron Jones. And Green yes, Day. he is better than Joe <laughs> Mason. I will, I will give you that. They have two really good running backs that they have on the schedule coming up in back-to-back weeks. The defensive side of the ball for Cincinnati, that's the unit that they need to improve the most on. They need to improve all around as a young team trying to grow into a, a winning culture. But that defense was the the downside to them last year, and I say that Tongue-in-cheek kind of because there wasn't much upside with them last year, especially once Burrow went down. But they needed to improve that defense, especially that run defense. You know, the sample sizes this year are so small that it's hard to draw from. So kind of still kind of taking a peek back into 2020. And they averaged giving up 5.8 yards on the ground when opposing offenses were in 11 personnel, meaning they had at least three wide receivers on the field. You could run the ball against the Bengals last year, man. That's the worst average allowed per in the NFL for a team against 11 personnel in 2020. Uh, the only thing that gives you a little bit of pause is in that small sample size in 2021 – the Bengals' rush defense looks to be much improved. I believe they're around 11th in the league right now. They've only allowed 95 yards per game granted, on the ground. Granted, it's only September
1: football. It's, it's only, only been two games. Football,
0: granted, but they played Dalvin Cook. I was and just going to go with that, too. And David Montgomery's no slouch either.
1: Yeah, You said that earlier this week, and I, I don't know if I believe that.
0: He's no slouch. He's a good running back. Dalvin Cook, though, that's top five in the league right now, and they really shut him down. And Dalvin Cook had a good performance the had next good, week. Had, so a, it's had not, a
1: decent. He had 130 yards, no touchdowns. That's That's pretty damn good, 130 yards.
0: But they didn't let him get 100 yards against them week one. And I think Najee Harris has potential to be a Dalvin Cook in this league. I don't think he can show it with that offensive line in his rookie season right now. Um, Maybe Najee has a coming out party against the Bengals, but maybe this Bengals defense is taking a step forward this year in a more drastic one than I think any of us ever thought. At least two games into the season it looks that way. I mentioned they're around 11th in the league in rushing yards. They're sniffing around 10th in the league in pretty much every major defensive category. So they're off to a really hot start on that defensive side of the ball. With that being said, though, I I still think my strategy is run that football. Try to establish a running game early. Try to run out of 11 personnel and and get some momentum going that way. Uh, But same story as last week when the Raiders were kind of the same deal. They gave up a ton of yardage in 2020 when opponents were in 11 personnel on the ground. And Steelers couldn't get the running game going against them, so I kind of am worried that this is just the same movie but a different week against Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, it easily could be, Tom. I I don't want that to happen because the longer you wait to get Najee Harris really involved in this offense, the, the less confidence I have that he's actually going to be worthwhile in this league, and that's such a horrible thing for me to say because... We were so high on this kid coming into this season, right? We, we, we were not hearing any of the criticisms that were said by either local people or national people saying this was the wrong pick. You, ha- you should have bolstered up your offensive line. And right now, even though we've seen flashes of Najee Harris, those flashes are only considered flashes and not full game beast mode performances because of the offensive line. He's only able to do so much granted I wouldn't want any other running back that was in that draft class right now I'm glad Najee Harris is on this team but imagine what a a, a decent running back can do with a decent offensive line I just don't think this offensive line is anywhere near decent and getting back to the Cincinnati defense I do think it can create more problems for this O-line and in turn create another lackluster running performance by
0: the Steelers Trey Hendrickson 13 and a half sacks for the Saints last season he comes into Cincinnati as one of their big free agent acquisitions this offseason uh, he replaces Carl Lawson who is now in uh, Seattle correct I think he's in Seattle he had five and a half sacks for the Bengals last year that led the team so 13 and a half is a big jump from five and a half uh, talking to Matt Williamson earlier this week, though, not that high on Trey Hendrickson. Thinks that that was the career-high year for him in New Orleans and won't really ever reach that kind of level again. And you got to remember, in New Orleans— He's he, playing alongside Camp Jordan. Thank you, Jacob. Exactly. He's got a pretty good guy. Uh, kind of the Bud Dupree effect playing opposite of T.J. Right. Watt, maybe happening to Hendrickson. And
1: Bud D- the Bud Dupree effect is in— Full swing in
0: Tennessee. I, I had not heard that guy's name once all year long. No, he's, they're still struggling on defense uh, uh, in, uh, in in Tennessee. Tennessee to start this season. But uh, you look at Trey Hendrickson, he's got a one-and-a-half sack already this year, and he's got a forced fumble. So he's, he's off to a really good start this season. But that's a guy that normally I'd circle and say – maybe a little overrated, maybe someone who's getting a little overhyped, but not when he's going up against the Steelers' offensive line. I think that Hendrickson's got Pro Bowl potential, and he can do some damage in this game. Maybe not to the level of a Max Crosby, where you'll see that video go viral of him putting chooks on his butt uh. 20,000 times this week, but I wouldn't expect Trey Hendrickson to be very quiet on Sunday. He He's probably going to have an impact on this game.
1: Yeah, I'd say if—
0: And you know that. Of
1: their front seven. You know they're pinning
0: their ears back knowing that Ben's hurt. I mean, that's just any coach in the NFL knows okay, we got a weak quarterback. Let's really rough him up a little bit. Even if he gets the ball out, I'm I'm okay taking a couple 15 yards. Exactly. I was going to go
1: with that. Even if it costs us 15 yards or so on a couple of plays. Let them know we're there. Exactly. And I think of the front seven, Hendrickson has the most potential to have the best day out of all of them. Just because, as you said, he's coming off a career year. And so. You gotta ride that hot in some way and when you know excuse me, when you know you're going up against a lesser offensive line to your defensive front, you have that confidence instilled in you. You want to have a good day. And doesn't it doesn't necessarily like we said earlier, doesn't necessarily come in the form of sacks, but pressures and
0: QB hits can really take its toll. Now, this defense doesn't really have a star yet. It's really young. Maybe there's some homegrown talent that becomes a star in this league. If I were to bet on one of them being that, I'm going with Jesse Bates, the the safety. I think this guy's a really strong safety in the NFL. Um, not quite at Minka level yet. Minka's probably the best safety in the NFL. Not at honey badger level yet, but that's the potential I think he can eventually reach. And Von Bell's a really good compliment to him as well. They went out in free agency, got guys like Trey Waynes. They got Eli Apple as a depth piece. They got Mike Hilton, as you all know. So they've invested a lot into that secondary uh, to help Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And I think you're going to start seeing it pay dividends this year. And I think moving forward, they're going to have a potentially really, really good secondary in Cincinnati. Um, Look, Ben Roethlisberger not throwing the ball in the middle of the field through the first two games of the year. A lot of that similar to what happened in 2020 in a way i guess that takes jesse bates and von bell out of the game but it's going to let them come up closer to the line of scrimmage now and they're going to be able to do a lot more creative things and Mm. throw a lot more confusion out towards the steelers offense i worry about the passing game in this game because of how ascending that Bengals secondary is they're ninth in the league as far as passing yards against this year so far And like I said, Jesse Bates, I think, is a a future, a budding star in this league. So everything points to let's run the football to be successful, but damn it, they're the 32nd running offense in football. (laughs) So that's that's another reason why you don't have that confidence in this Mm -hmm. game because you look at it on paper and say, Bengals, run the ball against them. Their secondary is improving. it would be playing with fire to try to throw, 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 throw. I think they're going to end up having to throw, 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 though. It's possible. This, the Bengals area kind of
1: reminds me of the Steelers from the past couple of years. You go out, you get veteran Joe Hayden, right? Then you draft Cam Sutton. Then you go out and you acquire Mike Hilton. Then you go out and you acquire Steve Nelson. Then you go out and you acquire Minka Fitzpatrick. Then you lose Steve Nelson, but you have a new guy in James Pierre. Just all of these pieces kind of building together to create a solid unit. Kind of reminds you of the Cincinnati Bengals now. They went out and, and they got all these guys, including former Steeler Mike Hilton, it's becoming one of the – one of, I wouldn't say one of the better, but one of the secondary units that's certainly on the rise. And, yeah, Tom, it, it will create a problem for a team like the Steelers who there's a winning recipe to beat this defense, and that's running the ball. But if you can't run the ball, you're forced to throw the ball against a, a secondary that can take advantage of Ben Roethlisberger, A – with a depleted, with a struggling offensive line, and B, with a hurt Ben Roethlisberger, and C, without a Deontay Johnson
0: available to him, man, it just it really kind of starts to lean towards a loss. The more and more you add things up in this game, uh, and like you mentioned, the Bengals defense, it can be had on the ground, but they did a good job shutting down Dalvin Cook in Week One, and they've only allowed 95 yards per game on the ground so far, so. That might not be the case as much as last year, this year, when it comes to running the ball on mm-hmm. the Bengals' defense. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers' standard. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope you learned a little something or something about the Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to be a tough task at Heinz Field on Sunday. Steelers really in desperate need of a win, especially getting out to that 1-0 start in AFC North Divisional play. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for listening. We will, give you guys, or we will talk to you guys again on our next episode of the Steelers' standard.